Welcome to Fallout of the Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. Sponsored in part by an odd request today, Black Mesa Research Facility, working to make a better tomorrow for all mankind. Apparently. And now, on to our show. Well, hi everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of Fallout Off the Record. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight is Shalene. Hey, hey! And, and uh, yeah, I kind of activated the cameras a wee too early, and you might have caught us So yeah, <laughs> you're probably dancing silly. to the Mr. G song, because I really like it, and uh, <laughs> that's what it looks like on, uh, on my side of the camera every time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, before we get into the meat of tonight, we have a couple of uh, ads for you guys. Tonight, we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. If you head to Tweaked Audio for your headphone and earbud needs, if yours are broken or one ear doesn't work or they're crackly or whatever have you and you need a new set of awesome headphones, head to TweakedAudio.com for all your needs. If you enter our code off the record, with which is all one word, at checkout, you'll get 30% off and free shipping worldwide. So head to TweakedAudio.com for your headphones today. Also, we are sponsored by Audible.com. If you head to the Audible link, uh, audibletrial.com slash Network and sign up for their free 30-day trial, you will get a free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Shaleen recommends The Crown Tower by Michael J. Sullivan. This is the first book in her favorite series ever, starring a charming thief-slash-paladin odd couple. Hmm. Anyway, so if you want to get that book in audio format, go to audibletrial.com slash Network and sign up for their free trial. And, uh, yeah, you can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com. Is it, is it pronounced Patreon or patron? Because I keep getting yelled at. Patron. You become a patron. Uh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> become a patron oh, at Patreon. A chortle. A chortle from me. Uh, yeah, you've, uh, you've infected <laughs> me with your mispronunciation of patron. <laughs> so go to patron, uh, patreon.com <laughs> slash Network and become a patron of our show. Patron. Patron. Crud. <laughs> Anyway, you can also make one-time Moving donations. On. What? Moving on. <laughs> you can also make one-time donations by going to questgamingnetwork.com and using our PayPal link. Any donation helps to keep the lights on and the shows are streaming, and we'll get you a shout-out on this show and other shows. You can also help us non-financially by sharing us on your social media, sending emails to us, and, uh, yeah, just generally interacting. Um, and, yes, by the way... I gotta say something. Raytech just mentioned the Dragonlance series in the chat room because uh, he signed up for Audible. We we were just talking about the Dragonlance series uh, because I was reading part of the Deathgate cycle, which was from the same authors when I was like young and I was making. I hated that book. Anyway, kind of funny. Um, that a little irony there inside uh, baseball. So we have kind of a special show for you guys tonight uh it could go terribly wrong or terribly awesome is kind of where we're at we're on the 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 razor's edge if you will um we have kind of a special guest it's a pre-recorded uh interview with the youtuber biofan who has been a guest on dragon age off the record i think that's what it's called and um he talks a lot about you know bioware games dragon age and mass effect specifically so tonight's episode that we're going to get into, we go into a little bit of uh, Mass Effect and a little bit of Andromeda, but we also talk a lot about Fallout 4 because he's been playing that. Um, so yeah, check check, uh, stay tuned for that. But first, we have news for you guys. Um, 
Oh, yeah. We have news for you guys. And also, while the interview is going on, because it's a pre-recorded stream, uh, we're going to be live streaming some New Vegas. And we'll also be in the chat room interacting. But it'll. But yeah, so we're going to try this. I don't know how it's going to work with us actually not technically being live live, but we will be live and streaming New Vegas, which is prone to crashing, especially for me. So we'll see how this goes. It should be quite fun. So, But before that, we're going to go ahead and get into our news. Now, what happened in the world of Fallout this week, Shuleen? I remember back in the day when we were just starting this podcast, when we were a little infant podcast in its little podcast crib. We used to think that the news was going to slow down <laughs> after as time was passing. But we, that hasn't happened so far. We also we were, we were way wrong. We also talked about this. Uh, we also talked about this same thing last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, we've got a lot of news here, and we're going to start off with uh, the beta patch 1.4 is available for PC users, so yay for that. Um, I've been using it. I uh, installed it, but haven't played it. Notable bits from this patch include support for add-ons. There is now an add-ons section in the start menu, so yeah, that's pretty rad. And it added some new things to the workshop, new art um, some super mutant and raider stuff like the meat bags and the, and the meat shopping carts and the, the raider poles with the heads on them and uh, some new signs, some door variants, things like that. And also a lot of fixes for some quest and perk bugs. Now I want to note, uh, especially for those of you that are trying out the, the, the beta patch on PC specifically, there are again updates to the lighting features I believe uh, at least with this patch, I have noticed that my frame rate has dropped significantly when running at ultra, which my GPU was capable of doing. I'm running a 970 superclocked at the moment. Um, so just be aware that this engine tends to be CPU heavy. So if you have like a i5, i3, but you're running like a 970 or 960, you'll probably notice some frame rate drops and you'll be averaging around 35, 40 frames per second. At least that's what I'm experiencing. Um, so yeah, just to be noted, you might want to fiddle with your graphic settings a little bit. Customize them up a bit is what I'm saying. Great. Thanks for that lovely advice. You are welcome, Shalene. Our next piece of news is uh, after the dice talk that Todd Howard did last week that we talked about, he sat down with several news outlets, including IGN, GameSpot, and Game Informer, and did a whole bunch of interviews. Um, so I thought I'd just give some of the highlights of those. In uh, future Bethesda game announcements, we'll probably have the same short time turnaround between announce and release, the way that Fallout 4 did. Uh, he'd like this to become a norm in the industry. So I, I would support that. I hate waiting forever after a game is announced. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to, real quick, in the chat room, <laughs> uh, they're saying, speak English. <laughs> to me... Uh, because of my PC jargon. What I'm saying is, with this beta update on PC, you'll notice some frame rate, so you'll have to go into your graphic settings and fiddle a little bit with it, or just use high or something, um, depending on your... I can't speak it any more plainly than that. Just Google. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks for that. He also talked about open-world games becoming more commonplace. He said that gaming can give you a sense of place in a way that books and movies can't. 
And uh, he credits Rockstar with some of the popularity of open world games, the recent mm-hmm. success of, of GTA V in particular. <laughs> and um, go ahead, Rick. No, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking like the open world became so much more popular once like Grand Theft Auto 3 hit. Like everyone was mm-hmm. like, this is amazing. And so, yeah, he's he's absolutely right with crediting Rockstar for that. He also praises the work that Ubisoft has done in creating open worlds. Mm. Um, and they, they do a ton of them. So. That's true. And poor Ubisoft talks- at the moment. They are they're a little uh, under the gun with that hardcore takeover. At the, oh, really? I haven't heard about this. Yeah, the, I forget the company, but Ubisoft is a little fearful of a, of a hostile takeover. The same thing that kind of happened with Blizzard. Yeah. And all this right with the, the launch for The Division coming up in March. Um, I'm a little nervous because that game right now looks amazing, and I don't want that to get ruined. Yeah, I played the beta. It was fun. I think it would be more fun with other people. Um, so, yeah. He talked about the Montreal team uh, more like an expansion of the same Bethesda Game Studios team instead of as a separate group working on separate things, which was what I thought when they were created. He specifically mentioned that they were helping with this DLC that's in development. So I thought that was very interesting, and I like uh, that they're a big happy family and not (laughs) just separate teams with uh, similar goals. Yeah. They talked about doing more overlapping projects than they ever have done before. Um, Previously, they've they've primarily been a one-game studio, and now they're working on multiple projects. He teased a deep robot building and a quest line for Automatron, which was exciting, and actually used the word Thunderdome in regards to the Wasteland Workshop <laughs> DLC, which made me so happy. <laughs> Can't even tell ya. All the challenges we'll come up with for you guys. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. They will be running a Steam beta of survival mode to get feedback and make sure that it works right. Yay, so. PC. I'm pretty psyched for survival. I am too. You know me. Mm-hmm. Bring on that realism. It's not hardcore because you're not hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> the goal for the creation kit release is April for PC, which is, is good news. Uh, between the first two DLCs. Probably another month for Xbox release and then another month for PlayStation. So Poor PlayStation. Yeah, they always get the... At least they're getting the, the mods eventually. At least that's something they are. Yeah. Working on. That's, yeah. Yeah. Very good. And uh, here was an interesting little tidbit. Fallout 4 sold better digitally than physically on release day. Uh, He didn't give specific numbers. Nobody gives specific numbers on their digital sales, which I find really frustrating. (laughs) But they sold a lot of physical copies, so their their digital downloads must have been tremendous. But, I mean, is that surprising that digital is now outselling physical? Not at all. I had pretty much switched to all all digital games, yep. just because I live in a small house. <laughs> um, but recently, I've been I've been buying physical games again because of the uh, the savings from Amazon. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. I just get everything on Steam at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm fully converted PC gamer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was that for the uh, Todd Howard interview highlights. I had a little tidbit here. I got a notification on my iPhone just before we went live from Fallout Shelter saying that there is an update coming soon that will add rooms, pets, and more. New rooms, new pets, and more. So save up your bottle caps is what it said. So (laughs) 
maybe we'll have a reason to get back into Fallout Shelter. I'd really like some new room types. And uh, earlier in the chat room, I believe it was Heather that mentioned uh, maybe they'll add ghouls. I would love that. That would be so cool. Yeah. That so would be cool. cool. I mean, I haven't touched the game since the release of Fallout 4, so it doesn't quite matter. Mm-hmm. I've played a bit, uh, ma- mainly when they do a new update, but not much. Oh. So. I, uh, okay, the next item was, uh, sometimes we like to bring you some YouTube videos that we enjoy relating to Fallout 4. And this one was from YouTuber, I don't know how to pronounce this, K-I space D-A. Kida, 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 I don't know. But that's what you search for, K-I space D-A, if you would like to find this gentleman. He recreate or lady, could be a lady. He recreate or he or she recreated PT in the Fallout 4 workshop. And it's accurate enough that it was pretty darn spooky. Are you familiar with PT, Rick? I'm familiar with the the concept of it, um, being a Silent Hill fan and a Guillermo del Toro fan and a Hito Kojima fan. <laughs> so yeah. I was quite on board with it, although I don't have a PlayStation 4. So, Well, I played PT and loved it very much, and uh, I recognized it right away. If I hadn't known what I was watching, I would have immediately felt the same spookiness of being in the PT house. And it was pretty cool. You should check out that video. They even did some creepiness with, you know, the, the figure behind you and, and the radio, strange messages. And also, I'd like to correct myself. It was Gerfuffelson who recommended ghouls in Fallout Shelter. So I'm sorry that I gave your credit to somebody else. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, sorry, I, I dipped down there. There was a blinky light I'm not used to seeing on my rack gear. So I didn't Hopefully check it doesn't explode. <laughs> Did you see on Twitter if Arwen's computer exploded? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to make sure that uh, nothing went kaboom. Yeah. No more exploding QG and computers. No. <laughs> Would be awesome. So let's get to the main news item of the week. We've got um, from Reddit, Redditor Shane D53. He did some data mining, and he found some survival mode details, and Bethesda Game Studios confirmed that this is accurate. So uh, this is, it is still in progress, but this is what is survival mode. What's that face, Rick? When someone says data mining, what what I want to know is, okay, what employee is getting fired, or at least investigated for leaking this stuff, or... Who the heck hacked what? Like, what does that even mean? Like, this stuff just isn't... I think isn't... it's just in the code of the game. In the, in the code of the patch is where, where he found it. Oh, okay. Of the beta patch, 1.4. It's impressive that they I would put that have, stuff... But... Yeah, like, why would they even begin to put that stuff... Maybe the framework, but... Um, yeah, that's it's impressive. the same way that they find the, uh, like, the cut uh, quest lines and, sure. and cut dialogue, I believe... I just mean if they're creating, maybe that maybe that stuff had already been in there at some point. I don't know. It's impressive that uh, they would have that in a patch file that mm-hmm. for something that didn't even exist yet. I don't know. I don't know game development, so maybe it makes sense. Yeah, a file in the patch says Biofan. So yeah, okay. Well, we trust we trust him. We yeah, do. indeed. So let's talk about this data uh, and stop talking about the uh, delivery method of the data. <laughs> talk about the data itself. Correct. Uh, Let me read the little introduction bit. Is the struggle of this world merely a pleasant game for you? Do you long for a more brutal take on a life lived post-apocalypse? 
If you answered yes and yes, then survival difficulty is for you. Survival upends many of the rules of life in the Commonwealth for maximum challenge. For a full list of these changes, see below. And then it gives us the uh, uh, <laughs> instructions to go in your settings and enable survival difficulty. We won't read that through. <laughs> oh, so the they, first, you can actually like. Okay, never mind. Sorry. I see what you're saying now. I got confused for a second. Um, I'm being a lunkhead again. Okay, Rick. Uh, the first thing is saving. Manual and quick saving are disabled. To oh save your gosh. game, you'll need to find a bed and sleep for at least an hour. Um, this reminds me of, of Grand Theft Auto. I played like a million hours of GTA 4, um, and you can only save by sleeping in a bed. Um so that was often frustrating for wow. me. I'd, I'd have, you know, all this stuff and get blown up by the cops right outside my apartment building. <laughs> and I, I envision that will be less of a problem in Fallout because there are beds everywhere. Totally everywhere. That's true. So, Still, it's going to be really weird because I have that, that reflex of quick saving constantly. Oh, yeah. You know, just constantly. F5 so we'll is like my best friend. Um, welcome to Maria, yes. a new uh, first time in the chat room. <laughs> there are changes to combat. Combat is more lethal for everyone. You now deal, but also take more damage. You can increase the damage you deal even further with adrenaline. See below. I don't know why, but this reminds me. Do you ever play that old, uh, I say old, but not really old, the PS2 game, um, State of Emergency? Mm-mm, not familiar with that. Like this, I missed that whole generation. Oh uh, man, there was like this one mode where like a bunch of clones are running around a map and you could kill them all, and at the very end of it, it said like, "Congratulations, you killed everybody!" And like for some reason, combat is more lethal for everyone. That phrase just went in my brain. Um, yeah, that's going to be insane. Mm. I don't even. Ugh. This next bit though is what has me particularly kind of. Not upset, just cautious. Fast travel is disabled. If you wish to be somewhere, you'll have to physically travel there. Or stock up on vertebrate smoke grenades. I mean, I like that, but again, I don't have a lot of time to play, so I'm like, yeah. I guess I'll have to stock up on vertebrate grenades. I wanted them to make a hardcore mode for Fallout 4 because at higher levels especially, it's super easy, this game. Mm. Super easy. And even at lower levels... I found this game was easy enough that I completely eschewed power armor, you know. So I, uh, I think, I don't know. They, uh, they're like, okay, you want hardcore mode? Here you go. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if this is too hardcore for me. We'll see. <laughs> Weighted ammo, bullets, and shells now all have a small amount of weight, which varies by caliber. Heavier items such as fusion cores, rockets, and mini nukes can really drag you down. Oh, so, I like weighted ammo. I like for bullets to have weight. Yeah, although the thing they didn't mention though, caps. Why are why are caps not weighted? Yeah, caps should be weighted too. I've always wondered that. Like even in like Outer Scrolls, like why is the gold have yeah. no weight? Because <laughs> I've currently got like thirty five thousand bottle caps in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> It's the tin foil from those, like, chocolate coins. Oh, well, that's in the case uh -huh. of ESO, but yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see here. Compass. Be sure to keep your eyes peeled as enemies will no longer appear on your compass. As well, the distance at which locations of interest will appear has been significantly shorted, shortened. And to, so, and to be clear a little bit, enemies never showed up on your compass, at least not that I found. They never showed up until they were actually alerted to your presence in a caution or a danger state. Yeah, that's... That's right, isn't it? Yep. So they will no longer. I had never appear thought of that, but yeah. that's totally true. Because perception used to have them show up on your compass even when you were in a hidden state, but yeah. in this one, they show up only when they're alerted to something being around them. So mm. yep. interesting. So now it's even more difficult. Adrenaline survival automatically grants the adrenaline perk, which provides a bonus to your damage output. Unlike other perks, the only way to increase your rank of the adrenaline perk is by getting kills, hostile or otherwise. The higher your adrenaline rank, the higher the damage bonus. Sleeping for more than an hour, however, will cause your adrenaline rank to lower. You can check your current adrenaline rank at any time in the perk section on the stat tab in your pit boy Nice. What do you think of that? Um... It sounds like drugs to me without actually doing drugs. Yeah. Like it's the effect of, of drugs without doing drugs. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I have to see it in action. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been doing a lot of drugs with my second character. <laughs> or with my, <laughs> with, no, with my uh, female character, um, Nancy, I've been doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. So I, I'll be curious. Have I been a bad influence on you? <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> um, actually... Yeah, we'll get to this, I think, a little later in these notes, because there are, there are elements of my character Nancy, her playthrough, that I wished were possible, but I think this is going to mm-hmm. open it up, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, cool. I, I'm a little, I'll remain unspoken on adrenaline at the moment. I just hope that they, uh, I hope that they add achievements for survival mode. I, I would greatly like that. Yeah. Wellness. Like You'll survive? Find it- yeah, like do a, a whole playthrough on survival mode, you know, never taking it off of survival difficulty. Mm-hmm. Wellness. You'll find it difficult to survive without taking proper care of yourself. You must stay hydrated, fed, and rested to remain combat ready. Going for extended periods of time without food, water, or sleep will begin to adversely affect your health, hurting your special stats, adding to your fatigue. See fatigue below. Lowering your immunity, see sickness below, and eventually even dealing physical damage to you. And that's what I mainly wanted was uh, for food to have meaning and and water and sleep. That was the main thing I was looking for in hardcore mode. And Bethesda has just given us that and taken it so much more extreme. Yes. Yeah. I'm this. I find myself sleeping a lot in this game anyway to avoid nights. So I, I don't too. know if this is going to be a problem. Also, it'll make food something other than just something you sell or throw away. It'll make it yes. applicable to the game anyway. Because, I mean, you can have 200 stim packs. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of cram? <laughs> yeah, because the, the food that you craft is really good. I heal more with food than I do with stims. Um, do you? Oh, yeah, like a Deathclaw steak or... Um, Things like that, mutant, uh, mutant hound chops, and that kind of thing. Very good. Huh. Um, but the the prepackaged food has no meaning at all. But I would like to see a situation in which I, I don't have anything and yeah. I'm starving to death and I have to eat this 200-year-old Salisbury steak. <laughs> oh. 
or the plate of moldy food, wow. or I have to sacrifice my perfect pie to save my health. <laughs> you crawl up to you. You <laughs> crawl atop your shrine, bloodied and broken, <laughs> and as you reach for the pie, you die. Or like you're starving to death, and you're and you're spamming the the pie vending machine. <laughs> like, Please come on! <laughs> no. Why won't you just pick it up, please? <laughs> you Fatigue. set a mini nuke on it. Doesn't do anything. So great. <laughs> Fatigue. Fatigue works like radiation, but affects your action points rather than your hit points. The more fatigue you've built up, the less AP you'll have for other actions. The amount of fatigue you've accumulated is displayed in red on your AP bar. I didn't read that right. That's awesome. When I was looking at this beforehand, I love this. <laughs> that fatigue affects your AP? Yes, that's so cool. Just like radiation affects your health. That's <laughs> really great. I love it. This game is going to turn into more about surviving than doing anything else. <laughs> no, I'm going to be taking better care of myself in Fallout than I do in real life. <laughs> um, sickness. A compromised immune system and a few questionable decisions can end up getting you killed. Eating uncooked meat, drinking unpurified water, taking damage from disease-ridden sources such as ghouls and bugs, or using harmful chems all put your body at increased risk for various <laughs> ill effects. When you are afflicted with an illness, a message will appear on screen. You can view specifics about your current illnesses by navigating to the status section on your Pip-Boy's data tab and pressing the right shoulder to view your active effects. So, Increased Ricks. Nice. Ricks. <laughs> I didn't catch that that was what I said when I mispronounced that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, uh. And, like, when I'm a, being in a junkie, you know, that, that does make more sense that I, I would be more prone to to illness or yeah this is i mean all of this stuff ties together to like just create this like maelstrom of like death mm. i'm so. so excited wow this is gonna be insane oh geez we're only halfway through it <laughs> no <laughs> i thought we were done no. antibiotics antibiotics which can be crafted at chem stations or purchased from doctors heal the various effects of sickness so that's a whole new healing item I should have read this better ahead of time because this is really exciting. I'm, I'm having my original reaction to it right here on the air. It's very cool. Bed types. The type of bed you're sleeping in determines the length of time you are able to stay asleep. A sleeping bag will save your game and may help save your life when you're desperate, but it will never allow for a full night's rest and the benefits that come with it. Hmm. <laughs> You're reading. I'm reading the chat room because they're cracking me up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are silly. Oh, yeah. Crippled so, limbs. Yeah. Crippled limbs will no longer auto-heal after combat and will remain crippled until healed by a stim pack. I actually didn't realize that crippled limbs did auto-heal after combat. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. Apparently, I'm pretty uh, vigilant about healing my crippled limbs. <laughs> me too. <either> <laughs> I see that because I know that like this game is actually surprisingly hard to get a crippled limb in. So whenever I see that icon pop up saying you have a broken leg, I know I'm in bad, bad shape. <laughs> yeah. So. 
Carry weight. Exceeding your carry weight reduces your endurance and agility stats and periodically damages your legs and health. Think of your back. So, a little spoiler alert for the interview. We talk about a little bit how we posed that Fallout might be a, a tad casual in, in some respects. I, th- I think I think that is out the window at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, the Fallout is at all anywhere near the casual frame <laughs> i'm so excited for this i um uh, i love that because uh, when you are over encumbered which I, i'm over encumbered a lot around my gas station because i'll be moving stuff around or whatever yeah and when you're over encumbered the companions talk to you like blue you're gonna hurt yourself let me carry some of that or, or <laughs> paladin dances like you've exceeded the you know recommended carry weight soldier <laughs> let me get some of that for you and I, I love that now it's actually damaging you when you carry so much. That's pretty cool. Companions. Companions will no longer automatically get back up if downed during combat and will return home if abandoned without being healed. Oh, wait, I read that so wrong. They'll ditch you if you don't heal your companions. They will well, ditch you go home. Okay, so real quick. Well, let's let's go to the last thing here and then I'll I'll tell my thing or whatever. Enemy and loot repopulation. Locations you've cleared will now repopulate enemies and loot at a significantly slower rate. Which I'm happy about because a lot of times I'd clear a location, go back to it like the next day, and all of a sudden it's just like repopulated again. It's like, why? (laughs) Um, So that's pretty cool. But I wanted to say, so, all right. With my Nancy character, she's kind of a mean, mean girl. Uh, for instance, she's all about the Brotherhood of Steel because she wants to do some things like she wants to she wants to do some things at the greatest possible speed with the greatest amount of power. And, you know, the, the mission where you take Deacon into the um, oh, what's that first railroad mission, Shaleen? The um, uh, switchboard. The, yeah. So. After you get to a certain point, he gives you the pistol, and in my head, I wanted to roleplay that. I take the pistol, like, load one into the chamber, and then just put a bullet in the back of his head and drop him right there, right? Cover up, you like, to to tie off my loose ends or whatever. Um, But, like, you can't kill him. And then I wanted to do the same thing with Virgil, because, again, this chick is, like, just tying up all of the loose ends. You can't kill Virgil either. Um, So, like, I was hoping that hardcore mode might make it so, like, everything can die. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it won't be able to with when it says that they won't get up after, you know, down during combat. If the combat ends, usually they auto heal. Um, and I guess that won't be it. I figured they would be able to die. So again, I wish the companions would be able to die and that sounds mean, but you know what I'm saying, Shaleen? I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I know we are. <gasps> Dealing with some technical stuff with um, yeah, QG and streaming in other countries. I I don't think that's uh, anything we can fix, Tim. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I uh, even if even if we could, I'm not quite sure um, how to do that. That would mm-hmm. be someone else. But anyway, um, yeah. So that's it for the survival update, which is pretty in depth, and you can see this on Reddit, I believe, if you want to review it again and and check it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So we're going to move on to the interview portion of this, and the interview is about an hour long. It's also, like I said, pre-recorded, so we will be muting our mics. We'll be in the chat room as well, um, chatting with you guys. And I will be str- live streaming New Vegas, and this is where it could get testy. Uh, also, with that, we, uh, you know, we talked about some stuff in, in the interview that might be quasi story spoiler stuff. So if you're really, we worried, talked about total story spoilers. Did we? In, okay, in, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure. Yeah. All right, so if you. If 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 you're not into that sort of thing yet, um, give the interview a skip. But if you don't care, like most of us, don't really care about spoilers at this point. There you go. So we will take the, we will go ahead and load up the interview now. So enjoy our interview with Biofan. Before we go ahead and like quote unquote get started, I actually uh, like with most of the guests we've had on, I'm not quite familiar with your work. What? So, <laughs> like Shalene, uh, Shalene, like one time texted me, like when um, Greg Miller came on the show. She's like, "Game over, Greggy wants to come on," and I was like, "Sweet, who's that?" <laughs> I was losing my damn mind over here. I was like, "Rick, Greg Miller tweeted at us." I had like, no um, clue. Like I don't like with like with the internet, people are like, Oh, do you know of so and so? They're a YouTuber. I'm like, there's literally hundreds of thousands of YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> How would I know all of them? Right. Like if I uh, only know the ones that are either my competition or I'm friends with. Like <laughs> either that. <laughs> yeah, it's like moving to New York and you talk to someone in your family who knows one person in New York and they're like, Oh, you must know blah blah blah. It's like no, no. Just because I live there, <laughs> and you happen to know someone there, doesn't mean I know them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so who am I? Um, I do YouTube videos about like Bioware games, and do interviews with voice actors and developers, and do news updates, and do like super duper 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 in depth trailer analysis and all that stuff. Um, like my YouTube channel is mainly Bioware, but I did play Fallout Four. So oh, well, cool. That's what. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be here otherwise. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, people are probably gonna. People are probably wondering a little bit why. Why is a Bioware fan coming on a Fallout podcast of what is this weird I matchup? It and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I also want to like surprise the crap out of Liz, aka Mistress LeBeau, who's on Dragon Age off the record by being on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna hate you now because she she's gonna hate me so much but it's okay she still loves me she, she has a uh unnatural loathe to uh fallout for some reason yeah she really hates fallout doesn't why she? does she hate fallout i don't know. I don't know maybe she should come on the show and tell us why she hates fallout <laughs> i don't know if like a fallout game bit her dog when she was a child or like she doesn't have a dog but she has a cat i don't know i don't know maybe a stack of fallout games fell on her cat <laughs> we, sh- we should avoid fallout and cats with my reputation on this oh yeah, yeah. you're right yeah um I'm, Rick murdered some cats in a Let's Play, so um, it was ever hey. since then he has branded the cat murdering. <laughs> How dare you! Look, first off, it wasn't plural; it was a cat. Uh, I didn't know it had a, a name. A cat named Maisie. I didn't know it had a name. All right, <laughs> it, it had a name. It did have a name. Oh, <laughs> It was, uh, you know, the guy was supposed to be a psycho murderer that actually couldn't murder anyone because he just got killed himself. So he took it out on lesser creatures like a cat. 
Um, yeah. Not my fault. It's my character. Uh, well, it's okay. Room. I've done terrible things too. Apparently, siding with the Brotherhood is just like the worst possible thing. But I was like, they seemed okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I sided with the Institute, and it was very depressing. Um, actually, you sided with the Institute. How'd that go? Like, well, uh, we talked about just about kill this? everyone else, basically. Uh, yeah, Shalene, I decided that we're just going to go ahead and just, okay. and just go with it. Um, back to the conversation about the story arc in Fallout. In spoiler cast episode three, I was talking about how I ended with the Institute, and I had thought that I could like change the reputation of the Institute by becoming. You could make them like cool and not so like. Right, yeah. And murdery. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it turns out that no, you cannot change their uh, reputation by beating the game favoring them and everyone in the commonwealth now hates you and looks down on you for it because you are now like the the anti-hero per se Um, and it just wasn't fun and I started a new tune that is going complete railroad and since then I started a female uh, character um, that is going brotherhood because her role play is she's doing everything she can to find her son and she's using anyone who has the most power behind them to do that. So she's kind of using the brotherhood to do that sort of thing. Um, I used the brotherhood as well. <laughs> like what, what I, and this was like my first fallout game. So like, I didn't know who the brotherhood was. I didn't know kind of all that like background info. So like I came in and I was like, okay, so everyone basically wants to kill me. So, what I did was I started the Minutemen, and mm-hmm. I was like, these people are awesome. They're doing, like, the best work out of anyone out there. And then I met, like, the uh, Brotherhood, and I was like, okay, cool. So someone is actually going out there and killing all the ghouls that want to kill me and killing all the super mutants that want to kill me. Like, the only time I ever encountered ghouls, other than, like, the, like, the normal ones are cool, but, like, the, what do they call them, feral ones? Or, no, the no, ferals. Um, and then, like, every super mutant wants to kill me. So, like, you know, like, I thought they were out there killing bad guys. Apparently, some other people have some other opinions about that. And, you know, those are okay. Those are yours. You can, you know, do that. So what I ended up doing was, like, supporting the Brotherhood, supporting the Brotherhood, supporting the Brotherhood, and then having the Minutemen and go in and take out the Institute. So, like, the Minutemen are, like, running the show, and then the Brotherhood are just kind of, like, the support army gotcha. kind of thing. Oh. I wanted to be, like, president of the Commonwealth. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing they're going to put in there. But I got all the settlements, and I'm basically making things, you know, like, better than anyone else is running the show. So, you know, I'm basically, like, unofficial president of the Commonwealth, you know? Gotcha. You know, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you know, um, that's one thing about the settlement building in this game is it does make you feel like you're actually doing some reconstruction and some good work, especially when you start getting settlers to come in and, and um, live amongst your buildings. Real that quick. was my favorite part of the game. Like I spent like a good 75% of the game building stuff. Wow. So it, it was like post-apocalyptic Sim City for you. Yes. I, um, I, so I did all the settlements and got all them full of people mm-hmm. and um, finally, like, finished the story at exactly 111 hours. 
Nice. Wow, you should I win think a prize. I deserve like a medal or like something. <laughs> I, they, just the irony right pretty there. Pretty sure they give you. Oh, geez, it just clicked. Holy crap, yeah. You, <laughs> look, I have, I have a reputation for not understanding or catching things uh, until post. So, yeah, that only fits. But at least I caught it on like this and not like not next days. episode. Right. <laughs> no, that's pretty rad. Um, did you try? Yeah, I guess you didn't try that. No, I just like I was just like, okay, click the button, explode the institute and stuff, and then <laughs> that like generic scene that right. I have some thoughts about plays, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so it's over, and then I checked, and I was like, okay, 111 hours, wow, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But like that that scene at the end, I don't know. I was kind of expecting like I had gone through all the storyline. I was expecting some kind of big like final scene sort of thing and then like no matter what you do that scene is exactly the same every single time you've never and then you've never played a bethesda game before fallout have you no yeah i was kind of judgy i was gonna say you'd be used to that by now (laughs) yeah i don't know i was expecting more I play a lot of Bioware games, as as you could tell. So I was expecting a little something, <laughs> something more in terms of the writing. But you know, I still had a great time. I mean, obviously, yeah. I wouldn't. Have Bethesda games tend hours. to be not as much about the ending as about what you do until then, mm-hmm. and not as much about the story as it is about the story that you create. You know, hunting for coffee cups and. <laughs> Uh, hiding from a death claw in your underwear and, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's kind of, that's kind of it. And, um, or like, making like the most badass, powerful power armor and just being like, come at me, ferals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, right now, you know, I'm role playing this female character who she always wears a gas mask because she doesn't want anyone to see her face. She's kind of gone a little crazy because of what happened in Vault 111. And she's like mean to them to a certain extent to people she doesn't really care about, but to people she needs, uh, she's nice to. But what what I'm doing is I'm gung-hoing the story. So I think I'm like level 15 and I just defeated the Courser. And that's pretty early on because pretty tough it was. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, that would be really tough. I think I did that at like level 40. Right, so did mm-hmm. I. And now I just – I'm taking Fort Strong for the Brotherhood at level Ooh. 15, 16. And it's, it's not – and all I did was – and I focused so much on her charisma and intelligence right off the bat because I'm role-playing her lawyer turning you know mercenary as she grows in the – commonwealth so i've been trying to focus on melee but i'm so weak as far as armor is concerned that it i can't do like i expect to be totally melee and what you need to do is like get really really good power armor and then get like a really really powerful weapon like i totally customized the sword and then like for super mutants there's like this like chunk of wood thing that's like special for super mutants and I upped that all the way and it's super powerful Um, but speaking of sports strong something really funny that happened to me so like 
I had the min- Minutemen help me because I was like, yeah, Minutemen together. And then like two of them died and one of them got decapitated. <laughs> and now whenever the settlers at Fort Strong walk around, they're kind of indirectly playing soccer with the, <laughs> <laughs> the entire game. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's amazing. What were you going to say, Shalene? Yeah. Um, oh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I do. Have you tried the, uh, have you gotten the perks where you can pacify uh, people since you've done this charisma build? I have the first level of it. Have you tried it? How does that work? Um, I haven't tried it with this tune yet, but I've tried it with my first tune because I had him up to the level to be able to do that. And you just point at someone and for me, hit I hit E for my select button and they just say something like quippy and walk away. Um, but if you don't like, I did it in the back alley in good neighbor for one of the, uh, yeah, for one of the silver shroud quests, I, I did it to the one guy and his goons and his goons stood down, but then like one of them, it didn't work uh, on and then they all opened up on me. If you get mama Murphy drugs, a lot of drugs, if you drug up mama Murphy, basically, (laughs) then, um, then she'll tell you like bits of future and stuff. And then you can actually use that at certain points. Like um, when I was recruiting Valentine, like down in that vault, like I basically told the mobsters, like, remember this thing that Mama Murphy told me about. And then they're like, oh, huh. you can go. Yeah. I did not know that. They basically, they she'll let actually go. tell you the courser code. Really? Really? Yeah. She'll tell you that code. Shoot. There is so many avenues to this game that, like, that blow my mind. So maybe you guys will know this. Who did you have decode? Well, besides Mama Murphy, who did you have decode the Courser chip? Um, I took it to the railroad. I thought that was the only place you could take it. Is that the only place yeah, you can? Yeah, you take? have to. You have to take it to the road, and then you can kill them after that. <laughs> I, uh... I don't know what happened. Well, I guess you technically can kill them before that. But Ooh. then I don't know what happens in terms of decoding the courser. When I, or I guess I... you probably can't kill them. I think it's one of those things the game like will let you yeah. get their health mm-hmm. all the way down and then it regenerates. Yeah. Like I tried to after like finishing the game, I was like, I'm just gonna go kill the head of the Brotherhood and take his jacket and pretend that I just took over leadership. That is that's sweet, sweet jacket. And then I tried to kill him and then he won't die. So <laughs> he also can't be pickpocketed. How do also- people? I guess why did they put like like why did they give him the best damn clothing item in the entire exactly. game? Exactly, oh. he should give you one so you can be twinsies if you join the yeah. brotherhood. <laughs> if you like total like if you like side with the brotherhood and like help him out, he'd be like, "Here's this nice coat." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like exactly. they've You're given me one. like three sets of power armor now. I I, I would rather have the coat. Yeah, instead of <laughs> like, oh, here's Paladin Dance's room. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of dance, I have, I have some more thoughts. Oh, no, go um, ahead. So, like, I was like, I told him my friends was like, hey, guys, I bought Fallout 4. I'm going to play it. And everyone was like, hey, you should romance. Like, a lot of them know who have romanced in, like, Bioware games. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you should romance dance. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so I, like, started the dance romance. And I was like, this is just awful. Like, just, <laughs> ugh. I was like, I'm going to change him. He'll, like, totally become a nice, decent person after I romance him, right? Right? <laughs> and then, no. Turns out he's a synth. 
And I'm just like, all that time wasted. <laughs> okay. Ugh. So I romanced Paladin Dance, oh and boy. he's still my boyfriend as a sin. <laughs> this cannot come between our love. But let me tell you something that bothers okay, I had me. I to Google if, like, okay, so, like, I had to Google if, like, you know, since could, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh. Apparently. Yeah. They can? Yes, because if you. Yes. If you hear, hear some dialogue, there is no discernible way other than an autopsy to determine if someone is a human or a synth. Okay. Well, they can't produce children. Well, no, but then you could just... Great thing, because let me tell you something that's been bothering me about Paladin Dance. What's been bothering you, Shaleen? Okay, so... Other than he says ad victorium after you do it and he's no longer in the Brotherhood? I think that's <laughs> hilarious. I think that's real funny. But technically, Paladin Dance is a clone of my son, right? What? Ooh, that's creepy. Gen 3 synths are human, except for, like, the mind control piece, right? Mm-hmm. So, whose DNA did they use to make these synths? They used Sean's DNA. Oh, shoot. Oh, oh that's, I thought you were talking about your actual, like, real-life son, and I was like, ew. Yeah, Sean, uh, Sean. That's no, there, true. There are no, no sons for IRL Shaleen, thank goodness. <laughs> that's... That'd be a terrible that's but whoa, yeah i guess you're technically doing yeah. it with like your son's dna genetically part grandson thing right whoa you just took this to a weird yeah. level and it's the same deal with kiri no well that's true but good thing i didn't romance her because it just felt really really rapey <laughs> yeah like uh, with with kiri i found her i got her out i sent her to like sunshine trading co-op or whatever yeah by the way, on Xbox One, there are a lot of bugs. There are a lot. You are bugs. not kidding. You, know, you are you not know, even kidding. There are blood a lot bugs, bugs and the you so, know, bloat you know how you have to like go through like an entire like underground maze thing to find curry. <laughs> yeah. So I so like I went to Sunshine Trading's. She wasn't there. I like rang the bell. I waited. Never showed up. So I think she's gone. Like she never went there in the first place. So I'm like, I'm not wasting all that time to go all the way back through that place where they will probably regenerate all those, like, mole rat things. And then right. I'll have to go all the way and find you again. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So she's just she's, she's Dis- not worth it. She's disappeared. <laughs> she's just gone. She's she gone. might appear again later on. Now, um, you do have to – when you send someone someplace, they actually have to travel there. So if you send someone to – a settlement and you fast travel there they will not be there unless you wait a few hours so i've gone sp- several times okay i was gonna say there. <laughs> so i was gonna say unless you spend a few hours in game i mean theoretically in game then it should fix it but um i did want to ask before you know as we're going on what made you decide to get fallout 4 was it like what was it that Everyone said it was amazing. <laughs> did they and like? Did they set the bar too Fallout, high? No, I really enjoyed it, but um, I do have some. I do have a significant amount of critiques. Of course, yeah. Being both a writing major and a <laughs> reviewer of video games, well, so, any writing major would have problems with the writing in this game. Yeah, is, uh, not yeah. anybody who but also reads at a, a third grade level games. would have problems with some of the writing. Yeah, but um, 
I mean, I mean, it's still really, really good. There's mm-hmm. just some areas that need some improvement. Yeah. But um, I bought it because everyone was saying that it was really, really good. It was getting really good reviews. Um, so I decided, okay, I'll play it. Because um, sometimes, occasionally, I do play games that are not Bioware games. <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Very, very occasionally. Um, no. But no, I really enjoyed it. I mean... Um, you know, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. I do have some thoughts about it, but I mean, it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. But the biggest setback for me is like the bugs, because there are some bugs, such as the one where it will no longer let you save, that make it to where you can't really play it anymore. <laughs> I have not seen or heard that one. Uh, have you? Um, it's on Xbox One, and like what will happen is like eventually you start start saving, and you know how every new save like pops up at the top, and sure. like it will no longer do that, and you can just <laughs> save and save and save and save and save and save and save, and it won't it won't do it. Man, your your no game good. is basically like done. You can't that's save anymore. I ran out of save space, so I had to go back and delete. <laughs> Like, 100 saves. <laughs> who did? Who Who are you guys' favorite uh, romances? Uh, I've only romanced Paladin Dance, and I'm really happy with it, except for the fact that we maybe have some, some Lannister issues. <laughs> uh, I romanced Kate, um, maybe because I'm part Irish, and I don't know, her attitude was fun and attractive i guess she felt speaking of her being irish like how did she like end up in the commonwealth is there like international travel like there totally is i've thought about that and i believe so yeah um well there are several characters talk about it there are several characters from great britain in uh, fallout 3 so are there so yeah tenpenny is from fall is from great britain and uh also moriarty well, I guess if you can have a Brooklyn, you can probably have like boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lack of vehicles in this game is a little frustrating at times. Although with the Vertibird, that's a vast improvement. I just wish I had a little bit more control over that thing, like I've spoken before in previous episodes. But uh, Kate was kind yeah, of mine. I don't know. You just take the gun, and then the gun doesn't really do much. And yeah, and it, I wish you could hover and change altitude and all that stuff. Just because it would be more effective. But Kate was the one I... She felt more real. Piper, I couldn't stand her mouth animations and also just couldn't stand her. Curie... It, it was, I feel like she was more animated than any other, like, companion or follower. She was, but I just... I didn't connect with her the way that I connected with uh, Kate. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I enjoyed... Palling around with dance and and Valentine and McCready and you palled with dance. I didn't think dance was capable of. <laughs> well, I was I, I was saying for like my segments of palling around with Paladin dance, um, but uh, I, I for some reason I just connected with Kate because she felt the most pure and, and honest and uh, real to life. And like I said, Curie just felt really weird because she was so super innocent. It was just like, ugh, like it's like a kid. You just, I don't know. It just felt funky. But, Speaking um, of you and funky and kids, if um, with the Brotherhood you can take like a little initiate kid, <laughs> yeah. and, like, follow you around. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I get to like have this person, little person, follow me. I'm not going to finish this quest. This is cool. They're just going to follow me around. But then, if you bring the kid to a settlement 
where you have very anti-brotherhood followers, they will attack him. Oh my god! What? They will attack him. Whoa! That's and crazy. will not stop attack. He can't die. Right. They will continue. To- he can run, but. Like, they will chase after him. They will keep shooting at him. They'll keep falling at him. I just stood there, and I was like... <laughs> You're just, just watching it all. <laughs> That's the thing that is wonderful about Bethesda. Like, he shouldn't register as an enemy, but he does. Well, that's the thing that's wonderful about Bethesda games, is they add stuff that you'll never, ever, ever know until you break the the rules or whatever and do something like like that like ah, i'm just not going to complete the quest and he'll just tag along with me as this weird quasi companion and then you run into that goof thing or you do something that you never would do before or something i don't know happens and triggers an event and then you're like holy crap i never ever saw this or or that sort of thing it's that's the beauty of bethesda games is the random events and the environment that takes place around you that you know most games don't have Mm-hmm. So. Did anybody else feel a little weird taking the kid into like the super mutant filled building? I didn't have that one. It, mine was just clearing out a uh, train station full of ghouls, which was easy enough. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you that damn like National Guard base that you have to clear out for at least like twenty different things in the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a rough one. Um, that National Guard, I I hate suiciders. They're terrifying, uh, especially when you hear the beeping and you have no idea where they're coming from. But oh, they, they are super satisfying when you hit them in the arm, though. Ugh. Oh, they are really... Like, if you're melee, like I was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't... Just run. Yeah, that wouldn't be so good. But uh, I've, you know, with the the tune that I've been running, her name is Nancy because I named her after the Father John Misty song, Nancy. I love that song. And, uh, or you can call me Nancy. But she has a mixture of melee um, and rifle and pistol. So she has, like, snipey, long-rangey kind of stuff for when she gets in trouble kind of thing. But Mm. I I wanted to take a second and step out of the Fallout universe and do something kind of weird here. But as far as most of our fans are concerned, they don't necessarily know my list of, like, favorite games and I may just, like, destroy our podcast here. But my absolute absolute favorite series of all time is the Mass Effect series. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was one of those that like stood by the ending of 3. Oh, um, you're one of those. Yes, I am one of those because it felt conclusionary. It just it felt like Well, like are you talking about like pre like extended cut or like after extended cut? Um pre because I thought that I had the extended oh, cut. Oh, wow. Okay. E- even the extended cut didn't really add anything. Um I don't it helped me. Oh, really? Personally. Because yeah, cuz like it tied I... up some little like like, where did this person go? Are they dead? Oh. <laughs> yeah. The like, only thing I liked of- about Extended Cut was the ability to shoot the space baby, which I immediately did. What? The space baby? The old baby? god, or, like, what was it? Like The, the kid? The, um, cru- the, um, uh, oh gosh, it's been so long. You know, like, the kid at the end. Yeah. The kid at the end. That's... You could shoot him? The choice of red, blue, or, or green. Oh, and you, you shot can, the... Yeah, like, you can shoot him, oh, I didn't and know that ends the game. Yeah, with the extended with the cut. catalyst, you can shoot him, and then huh. it will lead to the scene of like a hologram of um... Shepard. No, not Shepard. Um, Liara. It will lead to 
uh, you can cut that bit out. So oh, if you oh. shoot him, it will lead to a um, hologram of Liara, and she'll be like, Shepard was not able to save yeah, the galaxy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. could. Yeah. Here's all of the information that we found. That's my Liara. And <laughs> <laughs> now, um, but yeah, I was one of the ones that stood by it because that game connected with me on such emotional on such an emotional level that mm-hmm. when you watch your character like for the first time I I beat the third one I I chose to hybridize everyone basically I turned everyone yeah. into a Toyota Prius yeah and, I also picked you <laughs> and and because you know, it just felt like the weird like this is better for everyone kind of thing um, it might have been a little of a god move on my part but. Um, watching Shepard like die and leave behind this rear, this like like this this legacy or everything that had happened up until that point, like all the bad decisions in midst of the good decisions, and like ending with his death and just like this weird, we're not quite sure how everything turned out, but we know that humanity survived. Felt very complete and yet mysterious to me. So I was one of those that loved that ending. <laughs> Like with me, um, I'm one of the like. I like the indoctrination theory. I just really do too. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it though is like some developers have said no, it's not true. Some have been like, well, maybe it could be, and then like they've gone kind of back and forth. I don't know. What do you mean indoctrination theory? Even if it theory? isn't real, I just want to believe it is because it, it it just it fills my heart with like closure. Um, but because there's, I don't know, there's a bunch of plot holes with the endings. I don't know, and Java to make clear that up. But what what, um, what, in, what indoctrination theory? Indoctrination uh, theory posits that um, you have been indoctrinated by the Reapers, and you'll please correct me if I'm missing out. But um, yeah, that if you choose um, anything but destroy the Reapers, then you're doing what they want, basically. Uh, and it's not like really ha- like basically um, when. What's it? What what was the Reaper that comes down towards the beam? Is it Harbinger? I don't recall. I don't it's know. been okay. a long time. The Reaper that's at the beam. Yeah, it's been a while. The Reaper that's at the beam. He actually shoots you and like kills you or knocks you out or something, and then you're in like an indoctrination trance from there on through the ending. Is what the indoctrination theory is. Uh-huh. And uh, and so like if you because you know how it's all like wispy and shadowy. And there's the yeah. dream sequences in the game. Like, those are actual characteristics of being indoctrinated. That, like, why else would they have those weird dream sequences? Those mm-hmm. cost money, you know? They're not cheap. And they cost man hours. They cost effort. They take away from other things that could be in the game. They're there for a reason. So Yeah, I could never figure out was... why those were thrown in there. And yeah. also, um, they... Like, the earliest bit of the indoctrination theory is that the kid that later turns to be the catalyst is actually not actually ever there. Ah. Like, no one but you ever actually interacts with the kid. Like, he gets on Mm -hmm. the shuttle at the end, but none of the adults, like, pick him up and put him there or usher him there or, like, tell him to go in or anything. And, like, you're the only one that ever sees him. And then he turns out to be the catalyst at the end. And, um, like, the catalyst's voice is mixed with um, on one side of your ear is Jay Hale, and then the other side of your ear is Mark Mir. But like they do it in a way where it's very subtle, so you have to listen like really close. And then I'm trying to think what else that goes with. That's it. impressive. Like this game just took on like, a whole different level. <laughs> the Reapers, once you do what they want or something in your head, like no, what it is is 
you have the choice of so green and blue. <laughs> we're putting this in color terms. Um, <laughs> control and synthesis are basically accepting the indoctrination, and ah. then red not accepting the indoctrination, Ooh. resisting it. I don't know. But if you, you have to have like a certain like war asset meter to like do that and be successful, and Cor- that's the correct. breathing scene at the end. Oh, see, I never that's got that. Like Shepard waking up. For, well, the theory is that that's Shepard if you choose destroy, and that's the only ending you can wake up from. Ah. You choose destroy, and you know, that death scene is Shepard waking up from being blasted from the Reaper beam, and he's not indoctrinated, or gotcha. she. Yeah, yeah. I actually, that's the th- I actually always played the female Shepard because the voice acting was so much better. Um, well, I did both, but um, Caden is Bay, and I like to play myself <laughs> for the first playthrough. So. Gotcha. I, uh, by the way, if you're hearing thunder, um, that's again the storm that we're getting hammered by. Um, but yeah, if you hear cars, I live on a very busy road. In <laughs> but uh, yeah, so beyond that, that you know, Mass Effect was wonderful. I think the Reapers were probably the most beautiful um, and scary antagonist. I think is the right word, like enemy. I've ever, ever, ever experienced in a game. And they had more depth to them than we thought. Like, yeah. With the, um, what was it? The Leviathan? The DLC. Leviathan DLC. Yeah. You learn a whole lot about their origin. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. And and it's, uh, you know, comparing the idea of that game kind of with Fallout, Fallout never, ever connected to, with me on such an emotional level like uh, the Mass Effects. Granted, oh, they, yeah. they are like, super that's... different games, but... There are so, like mass like Bioware has a stronger focus on the story aspect mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. Bethesda kind of has like player freedom, little, more yeah. freedom, more kind of experience in yeah. the gameplay, you know, environmental, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's kind of cool that you can um, we're at a point in time when we can have these major huge games and, and have these experiences with two different experiences with two different games. And it makes sense. I'm excited for when they kind of converge and whoever does that first. But, um, you know, I think that's why Fallout doesn't kick as high for me because I'm such an emotional person. And I, you know, a lot of the music I listen to, it it hits me on an emotional level. So when, you know... Nothing is more emotional than the Mass Effect 3 music. Oh, my God. Yes, the soundtracks for those were were gorgeous. I just, uh, like, feels... Oh, my God. Yeah, so, so and I think that's why Mass Effect ticks up there um, above above Fallout, just because of that, the way that it hit me. You know, with Fallout, um, I mean, Fallout even, feels more casual. It does. It, it really does. Yeah. Um, because I don't agree with you guys. Well, I was about Fallout does not feel more casual than Mass Effect. Okay, well, in when story, you're not, not the later ones anyway. Like ghouls and being like. Aah! <laughs> then, you know. But no, in story, it's more casual. I was about to yeah. caveat that with with environment and um, the overall feel of the universe. It is not at all casual. But yeah. story-wise, it's, it's pretty casual. I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like... Um, There's also less, like... I don't Like, the story has, like, less routes you can take, you know? Yeah, mm. Chalene, what were you going to say? I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, you were going to say something about... Um, you were going to prove me wrong is what you were going to do. Well, it's it's the thought past. The, the train of thought has left the station. Carry on. No, no. <laughs> that, I didn't have anything to carry on with. I wanted to get your um, opinion on the, on the 
the subject of of that casualness that you didn't well, agree with? I don't know. I love Mass Effect two. Um, all two as in also, not as in <laughs> just two. I know whenever people say that, I'm like, are you talking about two? Yeah, I mean, or Mass as Effect well two. <laughs> I've played the entire Mass Effect series. I, I have played Mass Effect two like maybe six times. Um, and uh, I feel like it's way more a casual series than, than the Fallout series. Hmm. Fallout's got a lot more depth. And uh, is the, the writing and characterization better in, in Mass Effect? Yes, it is. But I don't know. You don't get the kind of detail that you get in a Bethesda world. Yep, I agree with that, yeah. No, you're absolutely. You can see in some areas that's true. Yeah, you're. Ab- I mean, Shalene, you're absolutely. I mean, I I agree with that 100 percent because I left the Mass Effects not really knowing much about the world other than what I experienced. Um, but with Fallout, um, I don't know it's, if you. Ex- I don't know if you. Ex- there's more depth in the world yes. of Fallout. Like you can yeah. explore the world more and find more things as you play, kind of. Yeah, and versus I really see, with um, the Bioware game, you're more presented with it. Yeah, but. Um, with their new engine of Frostbite, they are adding in that component of the more open world aspect and getting a little bit more of that in there. Not, I mean, there's still like their story is what like really sells the game, so that's what they still focus on. But the open world aspect adds more depth to it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Shalene? <clears throat> I uh, oh gosh, I was listening and I didn't. Um. Well, it was about the environment, I think. No, I was going yeah, to say, I've some... got it, I've got it. I was going to say that I think it's really great that Fallout 4 has taken some nods from Bioware in the conversation mm-hmm. system. And um, in a way, I don't like that because it has limited the conversation options. But, you know, it really didn't have to. Because in Mass Effects and um, Dragon Age, for that matter, um, in their conversation systems, you don't have just four options. You can click through to another menu and another subject. Yeah, they have a question menu. And there is no reason why Fallout shouldn't have that as well. Yeah, because um, with so, Fallout, yeah, yeah. I was like, if I press this one, will it ask a question? Or is that like the final dialogue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we had that conversation before Fallout actually came out when, e- when they showed it at E3. We talked on here about... Is it going to produce the same problems that Mass Effect had where the thing that I click isn't exactly what he says and uh, it you know ends up being they've not at all what I wanted to do? Been, they've been working on getting the line that the character says to the like description of the option a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Like Dragon Age 2, they specifically said sometimes like, yeah, it really wasn't that great. But in Inquisition, it was a little bit better. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, especially from Mass Effect 1 to 3, it got exponentially better from, you know, obviously from Fallout 3 New Vegas to 4, it got exponentially worse because in the other two, you saw what you had to speak because there was no voiceover for your character. It was completely mute. And... um in this one, they just have the snippet there. And, you know, in the sarcastic, it's hard to expect what's going to happen. And yeah, you get I know, some... sometimes sarcastic was really funny, and sometimes it was just like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember I said something to Nick Valentine once, and he responded with, Look, if a smart mouth was all we needed to find your kid, we would have found him by now. And I was like, I was, like, mm-hmm. I was just trying to be funny. Yeah. I thought you would like funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yow. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah the, I, I don't know, and 
that that's kind of one of my chin like chin stroking moments of like I don't know if I really enjoy this, but that and a lot of the dialogue <laughs> options led to the same result. Like for example, um, if you when you first meet Piper and you first enter Diamond City, you can either be like support the press or like talk bad about the press. Both produce the exact same result. Mm-hmm. Th- that's true. I think with most mo- most Bethesda uh, Fallout games. Um, Charisma was where it really branched your options. Yeah, I, I had to up my charisma a lot because I was like, wow, there's a lot of the game that you can't experience unless you have a lot of charisma. And in previous Fallout games, there were a ton of conversation options that depended on your other skills, your non-charisma skills. Mm-hmm. If you were very intelligent, maybe you could pick up on some scientific knowledge, you know, when you're talking with a scientist. If you're very strong, then maybe you could just flex your muscles and intimidate the guy. Mm-hmm. And... If you had the child at heart perk, then you could get information from children. Or if you had the lady killer perk, then you could flirt with a lady and she would tell you whatever you needed to know. And So speaking of the lady killer perk, one thing that kind of like, I don't know, to me it was kind of like somewhere that like they re- like it feels like they really should have, you know, like thought about is so at the start of the game, like what year is it before you go into the shelter? 2077. So by 2077, it should be pretty like pretty good in terms of equality for everyone. So I'm surprised how they kind of heteronormalize it and make you be married to a woman or married to a man, depending on your gender, instead right. of having the choice. Like in the creation menu, you like I wish there was a button to like change the gender or something. You know? Oh, yeah, oh. you can no adopt a baby. So like I don't see why that was the way it was other than the fact that it could have been a budgetary thing but you know of all the places to put your budget i think that would have been you know a good place but they did have all romance options open to every gender so you know i'm okay but at the same time it was kind of like really you're gonna yeah they they typically do they typically do um the romance options open to everyone and one thing that did kind of make me a little annoyed. Wasn't necessarily that, but it was in the perk system. In the Obsidian New Vegas, you could choose both. You could choose a lady killer or the uh, black widow yeah. perk. And I was hoping you could do that here. Yeah, as a female, you have lady killer or Cherche la femme. And as a man, you could pick um, uh, you could pick confirmed bachelor or lady killer. Yeah, so you could, okay. you could do both. So you in could this... charm either gender. Yeah. yeah. In Fallout 4, I think there was only Lady Killer when yes. I played as a guy. Yeah, and if yes. you play as a female, you get Black Widow. Yep. But um, you lose those dialogue options anyway, so. Yeah, so. I hate that. That drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the I, I didn't even think about um, – I didn't even think about that opening there, choosing the the gender of your spouse. It didn't even it didn't even. Yeah, really well, it lets you mind. customize your spouse. It yeah, it so, lets you customize your spouse. So why isn't there a button to like, oh, let's make my spouse a woman, or let's yeah. make my spouse a man instead? There you know? should, it should be no big deal. Like, I mean, you can like just gender. switch them out for like the default male, and then you can customize that, you know, or mm-hmm. default female and customize that. I'm going to assume it had it had to do with. Them, like the I'm programming gonna, that I'm went gonna, into the story. <laughs> I'm gonna say it was probably 
budgetary is what I want to believe. Budgetary you know? and, and just making because they are being LGBT friendly in their romances. So I want to believe that it was probably a budgetary thing. Sure, mm. and then and then that brings up the whole like the plot device of having to figure out how to like put in that your child is adopted and it was probably a programming too because i don't know what all it takes to do it in the engine but to have all that switch yeah because sean genetically has components of the wife and right features right so what's funny is my sean looked like exactly like my male character (laughs) just like gray hair i was like uh, <laughs> I know you're my kid because you're pretty much my clone. But that's just uncanny. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, like and we had like the same hairstyle to you minus the beard, so it was like, um, <laughs> yeah, or similar hairstyle, I should say. Yeah, Probably not the same one, but similar. There, there were the few... character creator though. The character creator was great. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, I loved. Yeah. I loved the character creator. I mean, it, it maybe had a few too many options. I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I do with, I don't know what I do with like this earlobe. But, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, more is always. Right. I mean, there are some people that will take advantage of that, so that's good that they have it. But um, yeah, it, it totally lets you but role the play hair your options. Were like, there's so many options, so many lengths. The men's hair options are glorious. <laughs> The female women always are kind not. of get you know the short end of mm-hmm. the stick when it comes to hair options mm-hmm. in games, but that's because it's hard to make a long flowing mane. But we all really want that option. <laughs> I don't know, but is it that damn hard to make curly hair in a video game? Is it that damn hard? <laughs> you know, if modders can do it, I have to question. I just, oh, I just want to put curly hair on my lady. Hair. That's not too much to ask really hair off the record look i will say after the latest update i'm running the beta right now for the pc there's a a beta update because of all the graphic enhancements and the lighting i cannot tell you how bad my fps has gotten with Mm. like some of the nvidia special effects popped on there um so adding all of that inside of long flowy hair or long flowy curly hair oh my goodness i'd be getting like two frames per second because it so would just be focused on rendering the hair. Well, you know, we don't have the Laura Croft, you know, actually flowing each strand of hair. It's like <laughs> a helmet of hair. It's just, just I don't care if it, like, when I make female characters, like, I would like some long hair options. I don't mm-hmm. care if it, like, goes inside of me when I move sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, I would still like to, you know, pretend it doesn't. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I do agree that the uh, female hair options are, eh, and the male hair options are so good. Is what is just adding insult to injury. You know. Now, (laughs) we've been we've been kind of criticizing the game a little bit, which is easy to do, (laughs) Uh, and we tend to not do that on the show. But it is good to talk about the things that we just like some improvement in the future. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, and modders will pick up on this stuff, and we have a few modders that listen to the show, obviously. And if a developer listens as well, then they can hear the feedback and possibly mm-hmm. could make a difference in the future. You never yeah. know. And, per, and and yeah, and and all this to say, this does not, for me at least, detract from my experience in the game. Oh. Sure, there are minor inconveniences, but overall, I like I'm it. Still doesn't... having a good time. Oh yeah. Like, even yeah. if like one thing that I could have used some more improvement on, especially was like. Like at nighttime, I don't know if it was just my TV or like what, but I could barely see anything. So I kind of tended to not do anything during the nighttime 
So I think there needed to be like a little bit of lighting adjustment, but I just went and slept mm-hmm. until daytime. I always seven. wait through night. Always. Night yeah. is definitely a little darker in this. I know when I was playing New Vegas with the uh, one of the weather mods, nighttime was pitch black mm-hmm. um, because of the mod, and I enjoyed that because it made it difficult. But yeah, this game is hard to see the enemies at night. But I see. I, I, I focus a lot on realism. Like I'm really excited for the survival mode to come out because that's true. It does add some realism to it. Yeah, so. I, and I'm really excited for the survival mode to come out because I'm going to be playing in that constantly. Um, survival mode's going to be crazy. Did you read that list? I did read that out? list, it, and we will cover that in the news portion of the show. We won't cover that uh, here, so it'll be it won't be twice. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that's all I played New Vegas in. Like when somebody told me that. If you, you know, the companions don't have to die in New Vegas, it blew my mind because I just always played in survival mode or hardcore mode for that New Vegas and they always died. So that's just what I did. So I'm really excited for that in this game. And uh, I I think for me, that's going to make it complete, you know, and, 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 you know, I'll be excited for it because it's going to make the game hard because it's very easy right now. When I got I, uh, up to, like, level 20-something, it became easy. Yeah. But, I don't know, for me, I'm a casual player. I mean, everyone has their own play style. So, yeah. if you like a challenge, that's good for you. For me, I just like to experience the story. Mm-hmm. That And I like it when I can just one-hit kill something. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Which you do you do achieve in this game. It does catch you. Not as much in other Fallouts, but you do get to a, over a feeling of power in this game. But it's definitely not I as quick. I one-hit and... kill a super mutant. Yeah, it's definitely not as quick to reach that level as it was in 3 or New Vegas. Because I still, with my uh, second character, uh, I think, Mm -hmm. I forget what I named him. I think Jack. But he's like level 40 at this point. And he's my second tomb. I I haven't put enough time into him. But I think he's level 40 and I still feel a little underpowered, I guess, because of the perks that Mm -hmm. I picked. But, you know, level 40 yeah, the and, perk like... System, the perk system was a little confusing to me, but once I realized how it worked, it was really efficient. Yeah. At first, I thought you had to go down, like, laterally. Oh, no. oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so I have some, like, dog perks that I don't really use. But, you know, <laughs> 40 levels later doesn't really matter. I that... wish they'd add a, a respec. Yeah, yeah, a respec would be very useful. Because it'd be fun to, to try – I think the reason they didn't or the reason they might not yet because you got to remember they did the same thing in, in Skyrim. They added a respec kind of when you legendaried something. But I think it would be very beneficial to have a respec because I mean if I want to play a melee character, sure, I can just pick up a bat and start putting you know points on a melee perk. But – you know, if I'm level 80 and I just pick up a bat for the first time, I'm going to be swinging for like 10 damage and mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. is going to die from that. So it would be kind of cool to be able to like switch some points over there just to kind of buffer that a little bit to make it to what where you can pick up a bat and it be sufficient to an extent. To kind of shift over to less critique to more positive, <laughs> what was... That's what I was trying to do earlier. <laughs> yeah, to help you out there, um, what was you guys' favorite aspect or favorite quest of the entire game? Oh, jeez. Mm, that's a hard one. You go first, Jalene, because I... There was so much that I loved about it, though. Um, I love the glowing sea. It's so beautiful. I really sea. love the glowing sea. It's my favorite. The glowing sea may be my favorite area in the whole Fallout series. I love that area. It's ah, oh, I love it there. Huh. It's so harsh and 
but it's it's like unreal but it's there and I actually feel like there's fewer enemies in the golden sea than like anywhere else yeah there are but they're um, tougher but when you do find they're them they're yeah, hardcore but when you can one, they kill, you know? yeah Jeez. i really like the glowing sea um trying to think of my favorite quest yeah well mm. that was a quest <laughs> yeah but the quest was not my favorite quest yeah, I know. i'm just the saying. quests in the glowing sea are all pretty lame actually Man, I don't know. I uh, I can't th- I can't think of anything. Perhaps the coarser quest. I think for me, no. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 such a toss up because none of them were mind blowy. But I think okay. So my favorite quest, because of its the way that it made me feel, would have been the very last uh, when I was destroying the Brotherhood. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, infiltrating that, that whole final battle sequence was in insane for me and it was super sad and terrible. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because it was just like, my decisions led me here. I am a terrible human being. This sucks. Oh, I just killed Paladin Dance. Anyway, moving on, killing Maxon now. And it just was such a depressing fight. I think that was my most memorable one. And it's not a bad thing either. It was just, you know, how it worked out. I liked learning McCready's story. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was cool. What, what um, So would, would that be your favorite one, just McCready's quests? or? I don't know. It's just something I liked. <laughs> what, what about you, Biofan? I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Biofan? My favorite, I think just like the settlement building was probably my favorite aspect of the entire game. Mm-hmm. But if I were to choose a favorite quest... It would probably be the one where you enter the institute because it's like, like you don't know what's gonna happen, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. like what's gonna go down. Like there's so much mystery, and it's probably like the most like story heavy point of the entire game. I would yeah. say, yeah, when and- you first enter, and it's not what. Well, I mean, as a writing major, I totally predicted what exactly was going to happen. But <laughs> it's not what most people would typically like. It wasn't what like right, yeah. you were kind of being told would happen in the story. Well, that like you, or you're kind of in denial. Like you have a feeling that's yeah. going to happen, but then you're like, no, no, it can't be. And then, oh, I totally knew that was going to yeah. happen. But and, I'm a writing major; it's not fair. I can't watch <laughs> mysteries with other people because they're like, oh, and I'm like, you didn't see that coming. Yeah. Like, How dare you? I uh, now I don't want to say exactly what happens in the institute, although I know most people already know. But but yeah, that oh, this um, isn't spoiler. We've friendly. gone way spoiler cast. We have, and I'm going to put a warning at the beginning of this because oh, we did. I no, didn't no, no, know no, no, this it's, was no, 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 spoiler. I'm sorry. No, we don't care. I'm just going to put a warning at the beginning yeah. of this, like, hey, there's spoilers okay. in this interview. Skip to here if you don't, you know, want to hear. But we've already told our audience that, like, once the DLC drops, there's we're just done with the whole spoiler warning thing. But um, speaking of DLC, when is the like? Have they said anything more? Because last time I looked up, it was kind of like they're they're making it, but we don't know anything yet. Uh, March the first one. What, Shalene, you Hmm? broke up a little bit there. The first one will be out in March. Okay. And then April. Pretty soon. Yeah, and then May. But they're kind of staggering it. So the Automatron, uh, and that kind of was leading me to my next question. Were you going to, um, were you planning on getting that DLC to continue your, yeah, you, like, were you planning on continuing your Fallout experience or? So to for me, because I've had that save bug issue, I would have to put in a good like twenty hours to get back to where I was oh. before that bug. If I can find a way to fix it, even. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, I would be willing to do that 
if the DLC has some sort of like furthering to the plot and isn't just kind of like a side thing, or if it contributes to like I don't know my headcanon of being president of the Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's definitely it's definitely not continuing the story. It's definitely an offshoot. Well, the the main but what, it depends what the package. offshoot is on if I'll get it. Yeah. yeah, I think you're heading you're heading to Maine and and doing some work there. Um, President of the entire East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I also wanted to ask you, since we're wrapping this up here, um, mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask you, and this is again off topic, but what are your thoughts on Andromeda? My thoughts on Andromeda, because we still don't know very much at all. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people are leaving Bioware at this point. Or at least the main so, writer, I think, was had left, right? Okay, yeah, so... Yeah, went to Destiny, didn't he? So... Okay, so let me try and think of what order I should tackle this. In. Okay, so in terms of, I know too much. I don't. I know too many things. This is good. This could take a while. But um, so in terms of certain people leaving, sure. By so by this point in the development, I would say that the main story writing is probably done. Like, they're probably done with the main story writing. Mm-hmm. Granted, he was only there for four months, the lead writer. Oh. But being that by now they've probably finished all of the main story stuff, so he was probably able to leave. And um, de- what's the company that does de- uh, Destiny? Bungie. Bungie. Bungie or Bungie or whatever. They <laughs> – whatever their name Bungie. is. They, um, they probably gave him, like, a pretty – good offer so that's why he took it i would guess um i don't think it's anything to do with him not liking bioware or not liking the game i mean he tweeted several tweets about you know his great experience and how he really looks forward to the game coming out but um and then there was chris Wynn that left he's i'm not sure about that i know he left because he wanted he got a good offer to make more money, I think is why he left. Hmm. But I wouldn't be too concerned because there's still an entire writing team and sure. um, but DLC. For example, all of Dragon Age Inquisition's DLC, Patrick Weeks was the lead writer and they had some great mm-hmm. DLC, especially Trespasser. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was Patrick Weeks. And a whole uh, an additional team of amazing writers working with them. But he right, was yeah. the lead writer. Now, so but, I wouldn't be concerned too much because the main game's writing is probably done by so, now. But what do you think about and Andromeda is the next Mass Effect? And as as how, the next, like, are you asking me what I think the story? Oh like, no, 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 no! Just like your like, thoughts on anticipating it because because of how Mass Effect Three ended and because this is taking place in a new galaxy. Um, like, just what are your thoughts on that? Are you happy or excited or? You know, I, you know more about the stuff than I, I do. I'm, I'm excited because it's more Mass Effect and it's more <laughs> Bioware-style storytelling. Yeah. But, I mean, t- like, to continue on from Mass Effect 3, they almost would have to do something that wasn't d- a direct continuation. Like, Andromeda is kind of this sort of side parallel. Like, it exists in the same, like, quote, universe <laughs> but it's not it's it's a separate thing yeah and it's its own kind of thing because they knew they were gonna do more mass effect by the time we had the citadel dlc like they knew mm-hmm. they were going to continue on mm-hmm. oh of course but to yeah. continue on for mass effect 3 
would be to kind of you'd have to reference so many things and there'd be a lot of it would be jumping cases. the shark essentially it would it would yeah it would be it would not be the best move in terms of kind of like taking fan feedback and moving forward with it it mm-hmm. would not yep. be the best move oh yeah we uh, totally agree i'm sure that the ending of mass effect 3 will definitely all of the feedback from it will be put in place for <laughs> all of that yelling <laughs> will be all of Ooh. the feedback has been heard and it will be definitely in heavy consideration i would say i don't think <laughs> they obviously have not ignored it so they're going to do something you know right I don't know what. We still don't really know <laughs> right, too much yeah, about they, the story. But I would assume they are going to be sure that the ending is at least addresses <laughs> many of the issues. Because the, the – okay, so in game development in general, you have to pick where you put your money, where you sure. put your time, where you put your resources. So a lot of times they have to think, okay – Regardless of who's playing the game, statistically, the majority of people are not going to get to, like, a lot of people aren't going to get to the end of the game that Mm -hmm. play it. Like, they'll play parts of the game or they'll play a little bit of the game, but not everyone gets to the end. But everyone starts out in the beginning. So they tend to kind of put their money to kind of draw people to get Mm -hmm. to the end, you know? So by the time they get to the end, they have to... It depends on the developer, it depends on their decisions, depends on the story, everything. But the ending is not like where they put every single bit of their efforts, every single bit of their money, because not everyone gets there. They try and put enough throughout to get people to get to the end. So by the time they get to the end, it's kind of how much they... And that makes total sense, especially with like Mass Effect 3's opening and even Fallout 4's opening with the vault opening up and all the lights flashing and... Yeah, like everyone's going to get to that part, but maybe not... Yeah. Well, depending on your graphics card, if you're on PC, um, but um, but yeah, so you know, you're right. You're absolutely right, and you can kind of see that in, in writing. And you know, as far as like Andromeda is concerned, I know I got excited about it, and I'm probably going to pick it up for PC because I'm excited to have more like, Mass Effect play. Because I, like, I'm hoping it's more like uh, Firefly, you know, exploration versus like having this dagger over your head of you need to finish the story because of this invasion. They are gonna but, with. They are going to have a significant focus on exploration, especially because frostbite is kind of like you can make these massive areas. But it is going to – they've said it's going to be more optional than Inquisition was because Inquisition, like you have to go right. and explore <laughs> so much even if you don't want to. Yeah. replays after you've seen that area and been to that corner of it and that corner of it. And grabbed that thing from that corner of it to go to that corner of it. It's like it's a little bit much. So they're going to make it. Supposedly, they've said that they're they're going to make it more optional. And you have the Mako too. So I'm excited that they're bringing back the Mako. Oh boy, <laughs> goody! But I hope they improve on the controls. I'm of really that looking. Thing. I'm really looking forward to it because it is still Mass Effect. Yeah. And they have said that they're like they're working really hard to make sure like it is definitely when you play it you know it's Mass Effect it has the Mass Effect feeling it has the Mass Effect characteristics it's definitely going to be Mass Effecty awesome but it is going to be like a separate story and awesome. like from as a writing major I think to 
come up with something totally separate that's not a prequel. To go to Andromeda is a really smart move because you're going somewhere where everything that happens in the trilogy story doesn't have a gigantic effect. Right. Yeah. On it's it's, a, on it's like a good blank slate, a good move for a blank slate. Yes. It's a good and, place to build up from. Cause if right, they want to yeah. continue the franchise even long, cause they started with the trilogy. Right. They can't do, they, they can't do what Assassin's Creed the trilogy. Yeah. They decided towards the end of the trilogy to like continue on from there. So they're kind of like going on to where they can continue it on maybe long term if it does really well and they <laughs> want to keep doing it. Let's so. hope they don't run it into the ground. Hey, Rick. <laughs> Yeah. Have I ever told you about my dream for the next Mass Effect? What? What is your dream? Okay, this is not what's going to happen. Like, we already have enough knowledge of Andromeda to know that this is not what's going to happen. But this is my dream for the next Mass Effect. I want it to run, like, concurrently with Mass Effect 2. And it's not a story about, like, it's not a big epic galaxy-saving story. It's a story about a hard-on-his-luck detective (laughs) 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 who's solving a crime. And, uh, like, just private eye, like, total total Nick Valentine, you know, just the trope of the, the hard-boiled private eye. And this Asari dame walks into your office, and <laughs> you assemble this misfit crew of people on a crappy ship with, like, no weapons, and you hop around the galaxy looking for clues. And whenever, like, <laughs> if, if the Sun's mercenaries come after you, like, you have to run, because you can't fight the Sun's mercenaries. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I want that so much. I feel like this is a reference to something. Not really. No, no. just to tell. Oh wow, that's no, a well fleshed out dream. <laughs> yes, I've thought about it a lot, and that's yeah, nice. yeah. I really want that. <laughs> that would be really cool, like a space detective thing. I yeah. um, well, the, the storm is picking up here, and I should be wrapping this up because it's starting to get a little crazy. So I don't know if I'm going to lose power here um so in wrapping this up and i apologize for cutting it short but uh where where can people find more of your work where where can people find your stuff biofan um so i'm primarily on youtube that's what i do i'm a youtuber you right. can if you just like search on youtube biofan you can find me pretty easily um i'm on twitter at biofan official i'm on tumblr i'm pretty much anywhere that the internet exists <laughs> i'm pretty much there awesome i will provide uh some links to youtube and twitter in the show notes and yeah yeah thank you so much for for uh coming out and, and hanging out with us tonight okay well uh that <clears throat> that was something i think you're muted still shilling you're muted still shilling oh sorry guys yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, that was sure a podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that oh, was man. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so for our audio listeners who have no clue what happened, absolutely no clue, um, I started streaming New Vegas and it failed miserably because uh, <laughs> of lag. So I started playing Half-Life 1 and we went totally kind of... Uh, yeah, we were on a Fallout podcast playing Half-Life while talking about Mass Effect for a little while. So that was a little weird. Um, (laughs) So if you want to see that, check out the YouTube (laughs) video. And yeah, that was interesting. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Uh, We certainly had a lot of fun talking to Biofan about the various aspects that we, you know, maybe we're a little bit more critical of Fallout 4 that we never really covered before. um, And, you know, talking about Mass Effect 
and you know Andromeda. So that was just kind of a yeah, that was just kind of a fun thing to to kind of talk talk to a fellow YouTuber about different games. So anyway, uh, any any final thoughts on that, Shaleen? That was really fun, really <laughs> fun. Greatly enjoyed it. <laughs> so next week we have another special episode for you guys that will be live this time. So we're having mm-hmm. another guest. Uh, we're having yes. author Nick Cole on the podcast next week. So we mentioned him a couple episodes ago when we were talking about potentially a fallout novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that was somebody who's, uh, whose work I really enjoyed. Um, Yes, and I'm currently apparently actually, he plays Fallout. So, <laughs> and I'm actually reading through uh, Control Alt Revolt, which is his latest book, and I highly recommend anyone pick that up. That book is awesome. Um, I've been reading it for about a week, and I'm almost finished, which is good for me. So, yeah, um, stay tuned for next episode. That's going to be awesome. But yeah, until then, you. Oh, and uh, I wanted to cover the challenge. This week's challenge or last week's challenge still stands for next week when we'll introduce a new one because of the way that we had the interview set up for this. Uh, we just figured we'd extend the rolling pin uh, challenge for another week. So you have another week to do it. And next week we have a pretty interesting challenge that we think will be pretty tough. So, yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. So, but until then, you can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR on Twitter. You can also tweet at me at Rick McVick. You can tweet at Shaleen at Shaleen L. You can also get get um, get in touch with me via Steam. My Steam ID is FoxDie. Uh, Shaleen, do you want to give out your information again or... I'm Kid Shaleen on everything. Sometimes there's a space, sometimes there's not. There we go. So, uh, yeah, you can also email us at falloutotr at gmail.com. And like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to see more wacky, crazy stuff. Uh, especially from all of us here at QGN. Uh, you can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher, or Stitcher, and leave us a review. We appreciate it greatly. We have a few five-star uh, review shout-outs this week. Steve Wed, McGinger Zero. Speed, speed kills, uh, 0811, McCready's conscience, Gooby R4163, and Must Must 68. We record live every Friday um, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on youtube.com slash Network slash live. And check out other QGN shows streaming live on YouTube, such as Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, um, if you enjoyed Biofan, he appears on a few episodes of this as well. Warcraft off the record and Dancing with Daggers that comes on later this evening on Twitch slash Quest Gaming Network. Thank you so much for listening. And Shaleen, what is the last word of tonight? Half-Life 3 confirmed. Oh, gosh. <laughs>